Welcome to the Noise Podcast Network, sponsored by the Satanic Tea Company, brought to you as part of the Noise Podcast Network. My name is Will, and what you're about to hear is episode three of our Noise Albums of the Year podcast series, where we chat to a load of our favourite bands, and we do what it says on the tin, ask about their favourite record, chat a bit about bands they reckon people should be checking out next year, and last but not, certainly not least, we ask about their plans for the future and see what they're up to. In this episode, I am joined by the drummer from British Metal Sensations, Conjurer. I don't need to say much more about how, you know, my opinion on them. I'm sure if you know, if you've seen my Twitter, whenever they release anything, they're one of my, you know, they're one of my favorite bands. I absolutely think, I think they're absolutely brilliant. I'm also speaking to the really interesting trio or two of the trio of Exploring Birdsong. Really interesting, piano driven, quite progressive. Definitely check those guys out. And again, I'm also joined by Katie from Math Metal Sensations, Pupil Slicer, who've just released their second record, Blossom, earlier this year and completed a tour with Employed to Serve as well as main support. So it's a really exciting episode. Please do give us a follow on Twitter at Noise Podcast and Instagram at Noise Podcast Network. Main site, you can find Noise on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Noise UK. Drop us a like, subscribe on YouTube. Be sure to listen wherever you get your podcasts, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever's your favourite. And if you do fancy checking out our Spotify Essentials playlist, want to buy some merch, got links in the bio. If you're feeling as extra kind, please do drop us a review on your platform of choice because it gives us a help, it gives us a big boost and it helps more than you think. Enjoy the episode. So this evening, I'm joined by the lovely Noah C from Conjurer. Um, so how are you doing, first of all? Yeah, yeah, good. Well, thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah, how are you doing? All good? Yes, yeah, it's all good here. It's getting nice and cold. Um, still not putting the heating on because we've got to get up bet with the housemates. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah saying, first, one, yeah. first one to put the heating on puts an extra tenner on the utility next month. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Best holding off then for that one. But uh yeah, it's crazy how it's just kind of dropped. Everyone was yeah. full full summer mode until about two weeks ago, I think, and then it's and then all of a sudden, yeah, we were all going, "Oh, it's October. Why is it so warm?" It's not anymore. No. Um, but with the drop in temperature comes people dropping their albums of the year lists. Terrible segue, um, but it is the end of the year, and it is when the music industry all sort of starts. You know, we sort of start talking about, you know, what's come out over the year. And the big question is, and my first question, the reason we're, you know, part of the reason we're doing this, your favourite album of 2023? Uh, yeah, this was a hard one. Because w- what's funny is I was, um, not to go into super long long stories that are just off the back of this, but um, yeah, I was kind of checking out a lot of metal albums that, or a lot of albums that came out this year. And I think... Um, we've kind of been so busy just 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 touring and, and playing shows and stuff i think a lot of them were like oh i should check that out i should check that out uh but never really really got down to, to doing so i thank you for this podcast has been a little uh a little kind of reminder to jump into a lot of particular albums but um there's two two albums in particular that kind of really jumped at me one's kind of a rock metal album one's not metal at all uh the first of which being uh, the latest Baroness album, Spine, oh, yeah. which uh, kind of a late, I guess, a late um, addition to the albums of the year list. But um, as I'm sure a lot of well, people might guess who know us as well, like I think any time a Baroness album drops, it's uh, 
a big a big uh, celebration in the Conjurer camp. But um, yeah, that one in particular, I've just been spinning it nonstop. Um, and yeah, um, they're just, yeah, obviously they're such a big, big influence on the band as well. But uh, I think it's such a great record uh, and haven't really stopped, stopped, uh, stopped spinning it since it came out, which was, yeah. I guess it wasn't too long ago, probably. No, it was, uh, uh, I feel like it was a September release, right? Yeah, September, yeah. October. A little bit later on. Yeah, I I also really love it. Um, again, a Baroness fan. Probably a little later to the party than some. Like it was the Purple album that first got me into them, um, yeah. which I absolutely adore and you know still regularly listen to. But I think one of my favorite things about Stone, not only was it them going, "Hey, we're kind of done with the whole color wheel thing," mm. but it was them really just just broadening their sound all over again. I know, yeah. you know, the whole story about them essentially holding up in a cabin, you know, in like renting a house together and doing it as that, as the studio, you know, you can really feel that kind of like slightly ramshackle, like really DIY approach to it. Um, and it, you know, it shines. I think it really shines for that. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, there's, it feels like a, a much more of a, a step in a new direction especially with like the lineup and things like that i think um obviously uh because I, I got into the band on yellow and green on that kind of cycle um so that was always my idea of what baroness was which is kind of an interesting one because it's very proggy kind of stripped back well not stripped back but very um mellow kind of version of the band uh dynamically but um yeah i think obviously they've had kind of the the lineup they've got now for a couple of albums now but this feels like the first one where it's super there's a lot of um a lot of Gina's influence on there as well whether it's just as a performer but it feels like there's a lot of, of that in the writing as well whereas I think Purple and Golden Grey still obviously had a lot of other influence on it but I think it still felt like we're carrying on that color wheel kind of kind of vibe but with this new group of people, whereas this feels like, cool, it's it's this lineup, it's a new thing, it's a new new kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. But um, as well, I think, um, talk about this with, with some of the guys in the band, but whether you agree it's a great album or, a, you know, not one of their best or one of their best or whatever, um, which I think personally is quite a good kind of stock for a band if if there's if it gets people talking and everyone's got a preference then that means yeah. that they've obviously done something right at some point for that particular person and the fact that their sound covers so much of a spectrum that everyone has a favorite bit or a favorite part it's not like an obvious this was them doing their thing at the best point in their career like there's no question about it because that's kind of obviously great because you know one great album but um everyone's got their own kind of, I feel with, with Baroness, everyone's got their own preference. But um, as well, there's always, there's always at least, I don't know, maybe two, three, four songs on every Baroness album that I think is up there with the best that they've ever done, which is, which is really cool. So you can always kind of guarantee whether you like the album as a whole or not, or you prefer the previous album, or you love it, or whatever, which I do, I love, love Stone. But there's always few songs on there where it's like that is that's up there with the creme de la creme of 
of Baroness tracks, which is yeah. uh, really cool. So it's always great to at least have those as well. But yeah, as a whole, I loved I loved the album, and I think the more I listen to it, the more um, the more I'm picking out the stuff that I didn't pick up on the first first listen, and um, even if there were favorite songs or songs that I was like, right, okay, you know, that was really cool. I really love this song. These other songs are kind of getting a second life the more and more I listen to it, which is, uh, I guess, what you want out of an album, you know? You want that yeah. replayability. So, Yeah, if you're still coming back to it now and going, I'm now more fond of this song for this reason, you know, mm. that's that's only ever a good thing. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned you had a second pick as well, which was a, a lot sort of, I guess, a bit maybe more removed from rock and metal. Yeah, um, so that was a band called Unknown Mortal Orchestra, who are, um, I guess, were their New Zealand band, but they're, it's very kind of, it's hard to describe. They take elements of, I mean, across their career, um, Tame Impala, they get, they get, they get um, kind of associated with a lot. Tame Impala, big Radiohead vibe, Queens of the Stone Age, Jimi Hendrix kind of stuff in there as well. But their album, uh, I guess it's V or Five, that they put out this year, um, it's just been on repeat uh, for the whole year. Like it's it's um, kind of a great mix of they've had albums that are a lot more kind of contemporary, a lot more marketable, kind of poppy with with more singles and things like that, which is definitely prominent on this album. But um, also with a, some of the weirder kind of psychedelic kind of stuff in there as well, which is, I think it's like a really great mix of everything they've done before. Um, mm. Super kind of lo-fi production as well. So I guess maybe that goes hand in hand with the Baroness vibe of the DIY kind of aspect to it. But um, at the core, just like a really interesting kind of, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to, I wouldn't, yeah, psychedelic kind of funk rock kind of stuff. But okay. uh yeah, it's a really interesting one. It's not a band I'm familiar with, but it does sound like a, you know I could I should at least check out a couple of tracks and you know see, yeah, try and sure. get a feel for it. Okay, Absolutely. amazing. Yeah, I'll have to do that in a at um later point. So next up is obviously you know speaking of you know bands that maybe people aren't as familiar with is um because I mean obviously as you know doing what I do partly is shining, like trying to find new bands or like checking out new bands. Like it's, you know, they're kind of like the lifeblood of the scene in a lot of ways is the thing that keep it going. Um, so my, my next question to you is um, a band that you think people should be paying more. Who you know, What is your pick for a band that you think people should be paying more attention to? Whether that's because, you know, whether they're three albums in, whether they've not even done an EP, um, or if you think there's a band that maybe are just like on that cusp, but that maybe they're starting to get that recognition and 2024 is maybe going to be like a breakout year. Yeah, yeah, uh, true. There's um, yeah, there's plenty of bands. Um, I had a couple in mind as well. I can't, I'm, I'm probably quite an undecisive person as you've figured out already. But I'm um, happy with multiple. That's, that's always cool. good. Amazing. Um, so there's good friends of mine in a band called Sunfall who are, well, they're kind of doing, I think it's, 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 there's a few bands in the scene at the moment that are doing that kind of, I guess, I don't know how you'd call it, like a new metal, hardcore slam kind of, kind of thing. But those guys kind of, um, 
do it, I think, as best as anyone else. Um, well, better than most bands, I think, in the UK. Um, I think they're going to probably jump up. I think tomorrow they're releasing a song tomorrow with a collab song with 1056, which, okay. having heard that already, it's heavy as fuck. So it's it's that kind of vibe. If you just want something that's super fucking heavy and uh, it's going to blow your socks off, then they're, they're definitely a band to check out. Um, in terms of, yeah, I mean, a band that I think not necessarily everyone should check out, but a band that everyone probably will definitely hear next year uh, is a band called Unpeople, who is um, uh, Luke and Jake, uh, who are the two kind of, I don't want to say surviving members because the whole band disbanded, mm. but two members of Prestamico, they got their new band, uh, Unpeople, and we were lucky enough to have them out for a few shows across September on um on a headline tour and yeah it's pretty much i don't want to say it's prestamico part two because there's so many more elements involved in there but it's like prestamico with a vengeance you know it's super i just just lots of conviction and it's everything you love about prestamico with the with the the hooks and the kind of energy and the the i don't know just the yeah the catchy kind of pop sensibilities that you get with mm. that band, but there's still that kind of edge and super aggressive and heavy kind of element. I mean, they dropped, I don't know if you've heard it, but they dropped uh, a single, um, I can't remember now, a week or so ago. I think it was last um, week, yeah. Yeah, and it was fantastic. But yeah, having, we did obviously, like we did about six or seven shows with them. So we got to see, um, I guess, the rest of the catalogue they've got so far, and it's pretty pretty on par so i think they will they'll come out next year with with our full release hopefully and then just take the uk by storm and hopefully more so yeah, I, I do think they're a big shout to be fair because um again obviously knowing having known about Presto Mico and the split um so seeing Presto Mico's final show at trees this year oh yeah yeah which was you know amazing but then, like, to hear that, you know, I haven't heard the new song yet, but, like, everyone I've spoken to about it has just said, yeah, you can hear that there's this new, like, fire to the band. Yeah, it's that balance of, I think there's a thing in in the kind of, maybe it's just me, but, like, the metal kind of thing of, you know, everyone's trying to out-heavy each other, out-technical each other you know everyone's trying to be the most extreme version uh because you know there's there's a i guess there's um there's a, a kind of flag to bear with that there's a there's a, a pride in in being more extreme or being heavier or being more progressive or being more kind of yeah that that kind of stuff pushing it to the limits but they do that but then also have the, the pop sensibilities and it's like mm. Well, this just hits and it slaps and it's it's stuck in your head for days on end and it's genius and it's yeah it's very very cool so um that was kind of a weird one because yeah I, I obviously the question was you know a band that everyone should check out but i just feel like they're a band that everyone's gonna kind of have to check out whether they know or not yeah so, no i i definitely think they kind of count for it you know because mm. i think i think you know they are a band that you rightly say are gonna have a good year next year absolutely um so last but not least and you kind of already alluded to it is obviously um the country you've just been out on the road doing um a little bit of uh show well, shows with on people um 
But kind of the last bit is like, which kind of like a little bit of a recap on the year. Obviously, there was that. There was the record last year as well, um, which everyone still loves. Um, sure. I should hope. I, I <laughs> and then, hope so as well, yeah. <laughs> and then it's, I guess, just like the last one is like just looking ahead, you know, obviously within what you can say is like, what's, you know, what's next? You know, what are you kind of looking towards doing? What's coming up next? Uh, yeah, well, we had a pretty, pretty busy year. So uh, we were lucky enough. We did the States earlier this year and then uh we hit the uk a few times obviously we did our headline stuff like i said just now with with on people we did some shows with uh helpless as well supporting us which were really sick um uh we did carcass yeah we yeah we've done we've done a lot of great shows and kind of uh i mean we yeah we played some shows with kajira as well earlier in the year that was quite an intense kind of a uh, yeah. couple of months with that and really ticked a lot of boxes for the pathos kind of cycle um i guess that obviously last year the album came out and we did the headline tour and we did a lot of festivals and stuff and i felt at the end of the year we had a lot that we still wanted to do and i think we've ticked a lot of that off hmm. this year with with those three in particular with chemist yeah, and, and gajira but um yeah it's just a case of i think we'd love to go back to the states as soon as possible um and then kind of going further afield from there we've got a few things um in the works that are booked up yet to be announced for some more international touring Very nice. across next year which is really really cool and returning to some to some spots that uh we had the privilege of of having a very i guess what's the word um a very small uh kind of concentrated experience with that we'd like to go back and kind of expand on um but yeah other than that just like lots of writing i think we want to release music a lot sooner than we did because i think the gap between maya and pathos was about four years so we'd like to yeah. have something out i guess before four years from from pathos <laughs> whether that's a full album or or some songs or an ep or something like that but um, yeah. that's kind of the main focus but with with this band it's it's kind of hard work because you know we want to create something unique that's not um you know just kind of run-of-the-mill stuff it has to be as good as those two albums as well if not better so it takes its time but i think yeah that's kind of the main thing is getting our heads down and yeah i mean it's that. it's a high bar right because people still talk about Meyer as one of the best like british debuts in yeah. years and it's, i agree with them yeah. to be honest but yeah it's got to be a lot of yeah. pressure <laughs> Yeah, that's it. It's like, obviously Maya did so much for the band and then Pathos, I think we feel Pathos was the first realised album, I guess, because Maya was done, as you say, as a debut. So it's kind of, you know, you have all your life to write your debut album and no one's expecting anything. So I think that kind of added to the thing of it being so good was because no one expected it to be that good from a band that no one had heard of. But yeah. I feel like Pathos, as well as being, you know, it's the first realised album where it's like, cool, this band has an expectation and a sound and a style and, and all this kind of stuff. That was kind of pressure. But then I guess uh, for all intents and purposes about, you know, tooting the, tooting the band's horn was um, 
I guess, reaching those expectations as a minimum. We'd hope to, you know, match mm. those expectations. Um, so it's kind of like, we know we can do it. So let's see if we can do it again, you know? No, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough one. And again, like doing lots of touring for both. As soon as you've got a choice, you know, you, um, you tour with Maya and you go, cool, that's all the music we've got. That's how we are live. And then you start playing some songs from, from the second album and you think okay well that one does this and this one does that what's cool with that one and what's cool with that one you can kind of take stock on the best of best of everything as soon as you've got a comparison you can kind of really really sit down and go what it is what is it that makes conjurer the best version of, of what it is yeah. um so yeah that's kind of kind of the thought process i think amazing okay well that's everything i have well and thank you again very much for cool. your time no worries. Thank you for having me. Appreciate that. Wonderful. Again, so thank you very much for joining me this evening. Um, I've got Exploring Birdsong on the line. So first of all, how are you doing? How's things? Great. Thank you. Thanks yeah. very much for having us. We're very happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, thanks for asking us on. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, So, I mean, we'll get onto it sort of in a bit, a little bit, but like I've kind of been a fan probably quite late to the party but you know with the last sort of couple eps and like singles that you've done i've been really on board with and been really enjoying so that's why i was like you know what absolutely yeah let's have a chat let's talk about like <laughs> you know because obviously the first thing we're going to ask you as we get into it um is like it's the sort of thing that kind of like you're into that like, what makes you tick and with that in mind with the time of year that it is um what is your favorite album that's come out in 2023 Ooh. <laughs> questions straight yeah. in yeah. Uh, i think so uh for all of us i mean we're we're into quite um varied music i know everyone kind of says that it's like, oh, i'm mm. into everything and they don't really mean that but <laughs> um but to be honest i think between the three of us matt included um we are into quite a range of of music so um and it kind of all gets put into the melting pot of what becomes exploring birdsong so i think for me um and i think to be honest i think if you're if you're certainly of our generation and you're like myself um it's impossible to escape hayley williams influence it's impossible um so saint hayley (laughs) right and when when they dropped this is why the single um this year it was such a I was so happy to hear um, that they were, they'd really kind of just thrown caution to the wind and they were trying something um, that seemed like you could hear the references. You could, you could hear what was sort of happening and that there was a little bit of throwback to psychedelia in a way. And you kind of tell like what, what's happening. Um, But they were doing it in such a cool way. Um, So yeah, I think Paramore has got to be, has got to be there for me. I, I have always loved because I've I first heard them on I think Riot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What an album for all of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was foundational for me understanding and sort of getting into pop punk. Yeah, because mm-hmm. at the time I kind of came in through the heavier end. I actually came in through like Trivium and then branched out into you know lighter worlds. But Let's go. Riot was so foundational. <laughs> so when I heard this one. Because after laughter took me a while to understand. Um, mm-hmm. I heard it at first and went, "Oh, this isn't you know what I expected." Uh, and then lockdown hit and I was depressed, and it made sense. 
yeah. Then, <laughs> but then as soon as they did this is why I was like, oh, I love that they're not afraid of, like you say, showing those influences, showing the references, because they've obviously grown up on like Block Party. Right. Were, yeah. You know, who they then took out on tour, which was really cool. I yeah. just love that they basically went, let's do post-punk, but make it Paramore. Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, it sounds like them, and yet it's 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 almost like they've, they've completely like shifted genres, but like, but it's still got that core mm. Paramore sound. It's, it's mad. It's great. It's yeah. cool. There's such a huge influence on us and, and in lots of ways, but I think the main sort of thing that we can try and take from their whole vibe is that they're so unapologetically them so yeah. you know i think if you're gonna even if you're gonna branch out and really try something new what they have is so distinct and to be honest um i don't know if this is gonna cause uproar but you know i i really think that hayley williams distinctive vocal is such a core part of that and she is really the glue of do you know what i mean it's she's mm. still the thing that you can latch onto, and your ears just know what you're listening to straight away yeah, I really don't think that's a necessarily a hot take, you know. Freezing cold, probably. Because yeah, <laughs> she really is like a powerhouse singer. She's probably mm. one of the most ident- immediately identifiable voices in rock, where you can just go, "Yeah, that's Haley." Totally. Yeah, definitely. What <laughs> about yourself then? Um, yeah, I, I mean, again, like I was sort of struggling because i mean there's there's been a lot of albums that have come out this year so like obviously you know like like things like tesseract and um and 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 i mean like like lynn says you know all of us are now sort of scoping a lot of genres in terms of what we're listening to um i think for me um it would have to be uh in the end it always does by japanese house because it's just like like I, I first, I first heard like the Japanese house like six years ago, or like, or, or like maybe longer. Like, um, and I, I just felt like I hadn't heard anything like it. And um, again, it's similar to what we were saying about Hayley Williams and Paramore. It seems like she has like a really, really like distinct sound, and yet, you know, the instrumentation she uses and um, the way she like goes about recording and stuff, like, just can change. And yet, she's still got that like core you know really unique uh way of of writing and, and doing stuff and i just absolutely love it so that album came out earlier this year and i was just like completely blown away by it i just thought, thought it was amazing <laughs> yeah so that japanese house record it's the first time i'd come across them and i saw someone talking about it as like kind of like a sort of dream pop adjacent sort of yeah. record and i went i'm you know i'm I, I like that sort of sound so i checked it out and i i yeah really really enjoyed it yeah, and probably and I think, haven't gone back to as much as I should, but like it's great. Yeah, it, I think like I, I love like obviously like it's such a kind of like modern sound, really like say really like dream poppy or whatever, and lots of like synths in there. Um, but like she also takes so much inspiration from a lot of older artists, which which we do as well. So I really like respect that, and like like, like once you find out about that, you can hear it in the music. Like she always said, like she grew up on like the Beach Boys, so like her harmonies that she's doing like with a vocoder and with multi-tracking she's written in the same way that like brian wilson would have written stuff on like pet sounds and that sort of thing so yes. I, just, I really really respect it i just think it's really really cool yeah so, i love it yeah. when you can hear those callbacks to influences and like even if it's not a direct thing like oh i wrote a riff that sounds like this 
or I wrote mm-hmm. a vocal melody that sounds like this. It's I used the same recording kind of process. Yeah, totally. And you can start off like wanting to write something that sounds like someone and then it ends up completely different. And if you said, oh, yeah, it started off like this, like people would go, what? Because they can't hear it at all. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just I think it's like really interesting, like the way that she works and it yeah. reminds me a lot of ourselves so yeah I, I love that album it's just great <laughs> I mean we we kind of I think we get or have had a couple of raised eyebrows when we have cited Mastodon as an influence on us because it's like well, what are you talking about <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> but um it's it's and it's what I I think like all three of us to a degree um we are uh, into sort of like a uh, relatively historical music so like we like the fact that like stuff like that is buried quite deep but we know it's there so when we're hearing that in other people's music you can kind of decide for yourself almost you can decide if you hear the beach boys if you hear it it's very much your experience of it yeah. so you know if, if you don't hear mastodon in what we do that's fine. That's absolutely fine. You might hear something else that we didn't intend even. Um, but I don't know. Well, I I really like just sort of drawing my own conclusions on where people have come from because mm. it makes me feel connected with them if I feel like I can find a parallel, you know? Yeah, if you're coming from a similar place influentially. Mm-hmm. And I really like that we've gone through this segue of Paramore to Tesseract to the Japanese <laughs> Dreamhouse to Mastodon. Yeah, <laughs> listen. That's our band. It's yeah, exactly. That's that's the list of our influences. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty yeah, like you say. I haven't necessarily heard a lot of Mastodon, but mm. I think it's like we said. It's not just in the way that they, you know, it's not just the way that they sound. It's the way that they maybe construct things. Absolutely. Because they've got quite a unique, you know, way of doing things with the three vocalists with you know and like drums like the fills are always such a huge part of their identity so there's always a different way you can approach being influenced by someone totally and you could be influenced by you know you have two bands that are both influenced by a band like mastodon and they're influenced by completely different things they could have a really heavy thing like you say picking up on the drum fills and stuff and like you know the guitar work like low guitars and stuff and then you have another band where it's like like Mastodon, we, we always felt were quite sort of melody driven. Um, and that was For like sure. really important to us. So again, you can end up with like two completely different genres of bands, both taking influence from the same thing. And I think that's I mean, it's what makes music right. So, you know, it's it's, it's so yeah. Cool. It's like when I get sent something saying it says like for fans of Mastodon, Cult of Luna, I'm like, okay, so you're talking early Mastodon. Yeah. Because right. that's such a different band than when I get something that's like, oh, for fans of Ma- you know, Mastodon, Tesseract, you know, and I'm right. like, okay, so you're talking the prog band that they became right. that was kind of lurking under the surface, you know. Absolutely. Um, what I wanted to talk about next, though, um, was obviously there's like some incredible bands out there that everybody knows, like Mastodon, like Paramore. But there's always that like great, there's always stuff that people haven't heard of. And what I'd like to challenge you next on is who's the band that you think going into 2024 deserves more love than they're getting? Or perhaps are you reckon are poised for like that next big leap up or like should hopefully get? get a bit more of a break next year mm-hmm. yeah um well uh i think that there's there's a band that we've seen um i think a couple of times now 
um than like you know they they are getting a really good amount of attention um and it's really really deserved but um i think they're now ready to be like getting up to that next level and i'd say um unprocessed like we we saw them at radar um and um just they're just like amazing like they're just so cool <laughs> you know like i love like they, you know for like obviously we don't have guitars within our band mm. um but you know watching them play i mean all of them are, are amazing at their instruments um you know like the bassist and, and drummer of course like we can take inspiration from that but even like the way they you know all the guitarists play and again the, the melodies that that they write are just brilliant so i mean all of us like have seen them perform and just been like whoa man they're just great just so good know exactly what they're doing really great songwriting so i i think they they really are ready for that sort of next step because plenty of people like at radar when they performed a lot of people that i talked to didn't know them and um you know you could see the crowd like everyone was just absolutely like vibing to it and just thought it was amazing yeah. so yeah they're great they're really cool yeah. those are some of my favorite just dis- oh excuse me <laughs> those are some of my favorite discoveries is when you stand at a stage and you're like i've no idea who this is but there's nothing on that i like want to see so i'm just <laughs> going to check it out and you leave going i loved that i loved every second of that Totally. yeah absolutely i felt the same way the first time i watched loathe i've been a fan for a, a little while but hadn't got a chance to get down to a show oh my gosh it's just like absolutely unbridled power in mm-hmm. their in their set it was amazing i loved it i think though however because you know loathe fans will know that like Loathe are doing okay, so you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, no Loathe are. But <laughs> my choice, my choice would be nightlife. Um, yeah. So you know, the the way that they describe themselves is so perfect, calling it soul punk. That's so perfect. I can't think. I could never. It's perfect. Um, get straight to the point. But yeah, for for a band like ourselves that that don't um that don't incorporate guitars. Uh, we are really into obviously being fans of rock music on a very broad general level but even sort of getting further into a band like what we are where we dip our toe into progressive waters (laughs) Um, you know we're obviously quite familiar with guitar-based bands and draw a lot of our influence from them and nightlife are a guitar-based rock band but there's so much more to it than that um so get on to nightlife everyone yeah Um, amazing (laughs) also breakins did a great uh album put out out last year um like glitch pop sort of meets uh midwest emo vibes it's really something and i think there's there's a a new sound there a really significant um sort of breakthrough happening Mm. with breakins so uh yeah that's what i would say sorry i took two (laughs) Oh, that's all good I, I like that <laughs> it's really cool because um because obviously nightlife um one of their main members is doing quite well as a producer as well aren't they that's i right. think if i'm i might be completely mistaken here but i'm sure they've produced some of pink shift stuff at some point Ooh, who okay. are another band i could be wrong um but like they're another band that sort of emerged from you know, in the last couple of years, and I think they're absolutely stellar as well, you know, sort of started in that kind of post-hardcore-y, then moved quite rock. Mm -hmm. Now, 
last but not least, obviously, we talked about everyone else's bands. Um, let's talk about yours. Let's talk about exploring exploring Birdsong. So this year you've put out an EP and you've done a cover. So the EP you've done Dancing in the Face of Danger, and then you've done you've just covered, which I thought was really interesting and a really nice take on it. You've just covered uh Diamond Eyes. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that a bit. Why did you choose to cover it? Other than like you're probably Deftones fans. Yes, yeah, guilty. Uh, like everyone else, we also like Deftones. <laughs> <laughs> not the edgiest band to be a fan. Well, well, um, but it's not where you know we're just like all the other girls, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we are huge Deftones fans. Um, but Diamond Eyes has always stood out. I think in uh. It, it's kind of it bonded the three of us actually um we we all sort of mutually have said like oh, the chorus on diamond eyes is such a blinder i can't believe it it's yeah. amazing mm-hmm. um and it moves it moves to that chorus so beautifully um i don't know it, it, i'm all three of us i think have just felt really compelled by that song so um when we got the opportunity um to do it obviously with with the ep coming out um we we uh kind of let out a lot of energy in that release and it was there was a lot of build up and and we had to release a lot of tension in a way in the lead up to that and and we got the chance to do that and took a few months a much needed break uh, i'm a bit hesitant to say that because it it kind of suggests that we it suggests that I'm talking about it in a negative way and and I don't mean that at all but when you release music and in the the whole process of leading up to the release it takes so much and there's so much to get your teeth into and and occupy your brain with that it's just nice uh, at the back of a release to just breathe and yeah. just have a moment to let the record have its day in the sun and let people talk about it and let people it's theirs it belongs to them so mm-hmm. um we were really happy uh that the day finally came because it was one of those it was brewing all throughout lockdown um and then we finally were able to get into the studio and do it so yeah after that was released we said like well what can we do what what can we do that's um something in the lead up to our next lot of original music that we're planning on putting out and diamond eyes just seem to work um mm. it's it, it's the it really melodic and it really even though we have um we have sort of spun it to fit our um niche it didn't actually take that much work to do it um mm. it's, a, it's a really uh harmonically satisfying song um so it it really didn't it didn't take a lot of work to to sort of put our spin onto it but yeah uh we're huge deftones fans so uh and we've had a really warm and friendly reception to it so that's been nice <laughs> yeah yeah i re- like i say i really enjoyed it um and last but not least you've sort of kind of hinted at it there is so what's 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 next? You know, obviously, like you say, you've kind of done this EP, you know, kind of this big release. You've done this cover, and you hinted that there is some new music on the way. Yeah, I th- I think um, well, like Lynn said, I, I, like the process of of the last EP. I mean, you know, we love it so much, and it really felt like we took a major step in sort of working out 
you know, our sound and what we wanted to do, the kind of music we wanted to make, this sort of thing. Um, so finally getting that out, you know, and that was the whole process of that. You know, we had some of those songs in like 2018 or like earlier <laughs> and, you know, getting them to a, to the right place with the demos and working out when we were going to go in the studio. And then COVID being in the middle of all that was just like, you know, like completely, uh, you know, like draining in some ways, even though obviously that again, that sounds negative, but, but, you know, we put so much energy into it. Um, so then, you know, obviously again, like Lynn, like Lynn said, you know, Diamond Eyes being the, uh, a song that we all love and releasing that felt like a kind of nice sort of refresher. And we sort of said between our first and second EP, we didn't release anything. Um, and we feel like we don't want that to be the case anymore. Cause you know, we have people who, you know, like us and that's, that's crazy to us, you know? Um, so, you know, we, we want to be like, good to them and you know thank them for being you know like you know looking out for us and sharing us and all this sort of thing so um uh we sort of said you know we 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 want to be you know continuing to like put stuff out um and uh yeah we can't say loads at the moment but we can say that expect more um in the not too distant future you know <laughs> 2020 yeah. should be should be fun um and again, we, you know, we just, you know, we we really wanted to be able to do something um, where we can be putting stuff out, but it's not uh, after years of silence, <laughs> you know, like it was. No, absolutely. So, yeah. so, uh, so yeah, so basically, you know, watch this space, I think is what we can say. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you ever so much for your time today. Thank you for having us. We've had a great time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We could talk about this for a long time. <laughs> thank you ever so much for joining me. I'm well, this evening I'm joined by Katie from the incredible Pupil Slicer, um, who've just completed a tour with Employed to Serve as main support. Katie, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Uh recovering from that tour still, but uh <laughs> yeah, very busy. I got really sick at the end of it, so that wasn't fun. Uh, just just getting better now good yeah there's definitely something going around and you mentioned you mentioned before that a few of you got quite ill on that tour so yeah well what we're doing as i mentioned is with it being the end of the year and everyone doing their albums of the year lists um we're no different we did this last year really enjoyed doing it, it went down really well so we thought let's bring it back for 2023 we've been chatting to a few different people obviously including yourself about your favorite album of the year so without further ado what is your favorite album from 2023 i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um i got a couple choices like it's hard because i was i was looking back through this year and i was like it's actually a really good year yeah um but also this year has been incredibly busy for us like we did four weeks with Boris. We did loads of summer festivals. We did the ETS tour, plus all the rehearsals for all of those. And I actually been much time to listen to it. So I feel like I'm barely. Yeah, you've had a lot of time. To, like to the bumper of the back of the speeding vehicle of great albums, trying to like cop an ear on them when I can. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's a, there's definitely been a lot of stuff. So like um, I made a little list of like contenders and then there's like i can probably narrow it down to one if you want <laughs> yeah uh, well, let's 
Let's have a look then. So let's have a chat about one or two of your contenders or even just one of your contenders. Um, really been, I guess like the things I've been listening to probably the most this year are Dane's Shapeless and Bajalvin's Bajible. Both funny yeah. names. Uh, yeah, they're both like electronic projects. I'd probably go hard to pick between them because I've been listening to both of them a lot. Should have been more prepared for this. I was told it was an album in advance and I was like, <laughs> I don't know how to pick. I'm not. I don't do. I don't do lists like this. So it's always hard. I, I'm. I'm the type to do a like here in no particular order is like a top five of things. Yeah, uh, I, know, I get what you mean. Um, but yeah, uh, Dane's like a uh, solo electronic project from Melbourne, and uh, they just announced a tour with Bring Me Horizon over there, which is really cool. And it's sort of like charlie xcx but like heavier and um really cool electronic i think some of the tracks were produced by uh dylan brady from gex as well okay um just just a really cool it's like an ep uh that they released in like february and that's really cool just 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 tunes um because you know you're, pla- you're you're touring and you hear so much like yeah you, you kind of uh, want to listen to someone else yeah like, yeah i've got something else after all that so yeah it's um, it genuinely it's not one i'm familiar with but then again it's you yeah. know it doesn't need to be i think it be. sounds up your alley because like yeah i mean you say charlie you're xx and charlie and uh, you mean rena in the slicer shirt <laughs> still a highlight that was that was great yeah, no, I was. Um, I'll definitely yeah. have to check it out because that does sound like something that I could probably enjoy, and that's huge. Yeah. If they're touring with Bring Me, yeah, uh, yeah, it's really cool. Um, and then uh, Bajalvin Bajible is like a weird cyber grind, bro step fusion. Okay, uh, it's like I don't know how to describe it. It's like Grillex with like the next Tuesday or like. I don't know, just like really intense grindcore run through it. It's really cool. Uh, really cool project. I've listened to yeah. a lot this year. It's got a fun name to say as well. Yeah, um, that does sound really interesting, actually. Uh, to run through some of my other contenders from this year, if I'm allowed. Yeah, go on. Let's let's uh, have another. Let's have another pick. Uh, uh, there was the um, um, Jesus piece album. That was really cool. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. Oh, no, got riffs for days. I missed them recently when they were in London, but yeah. Well, they're back, they're really back cool. soon, aren't they? They are back soon, yeah. Might, might go and have to go and catch that one. Yeah, the yeah. The Skrillex double album was really good as well at the start of the year. Oh, I forgot Skrillex put a record out this year. Yeah, Damn. it's like his first one in like a decade or something, and it was a double album. Well, so it's been a while, yeah. He's clearly been spending yeah. his time on it, at least. That that was that was really cool. The Santa Faxes album was really cool. Oh, Literally, yeah, Danny Brown, Graphic Nature, Boris and Uniform. That Boris and Uniform new... was good. Yeah, that's good. The new 100 Gex was cool. The Code Orange was like, I love Code Orange. And that was a really weird one. At least listen to it more. So, like, first listen, I was like, I don't get what they're going for. And then a couple listens more, I was like, oh, I get it now. And then I feel like if I get another couple of listens, I'll be like, oh, yeah, it's like the sickest Code Orange album ever. It's just like yeah. a bit of a grow in that one because it sort of takes you off. Takes so you really, off yeah, the thing I really liked about that Code Orange record was that it felt like they'd done 
It felt like everything they'd done before, but they just smashed it up completely and then rearranged it in something they hadn't yeah. done. So yeah, it was yeah. Really fun to listen to and be like, yeah. you've never said sa- you've sounded like this, but never in this like way or never in this kind of structure. Yeah, never in this order of <laughs> these sounds. Yeah, so, so no, all the I, sounds I are familiar so. for Code Orange. They're like it's a totally new like configuration of them. Um, yeah, really cool record. Yeah, I I thought it was sick seeing. Um, did you see uh, Danny Brown interviewing Jamie and be, like Danny Brown's favorite song on the Code Orange album was a drone, uh, which is like the weirdest, most fucked up one. And Danny Brown was like, I love it. It just sounds like nonsense. How's how do you make those noises? Oh, I didn't see that. I'll have to check that I out. I haven't that listened to really the, the new Danny Brown album came out, like because he did the collab with JPEG Mafia this year, and then his new album, solo album, came out like three days ago. I haven't listened to it yet. I was going to listen to it today at some point, but yeah, I remember that's just come out. I need to check that one out. That Danny Brown one as well. Yeah, awesome. Okay, well, moving on from what's come out this year, one thing I always yeah. obviously like love doing is talking about bands that either you feel are criminally unlike criminally overlooked at the moment or are kind of maybe going to have or you reckon are going to have like a really big year next year um so yeah. again doesn't have to be one can let's you know can take a couple if you prefer but what would be your pick for i mean either of those a band either you band, a band you think is overlooked or a band you reckon is going to have a massive 2024 i mean it's not uh hard to say that i think harriet's going to have a massive 2024 they're on like everyone's up and coming list, like number one. Oh god, um, yeah. Which is really cool. I'm really happy for them. For like a band that's overlooked, I think um Death Goals is a band we're friends with and we've been friends with since the very first show we ever played. Yeah, um, I absolutely love those guys. Yeah, they're they're fantastic and I feel like you know, they should have as many people listen to them as people listen to us. Uh, not that the golf is like arena bands like club band it's like <laughs> it's it's quite a similar but like i do feel like i don't see why more people aren't listening to them because they're really cool and they're they're such fantastic live fans they're like one of my favorite live bands and i i've seen them live like probably like in like the 20s 30s nice times just we've played with them so many times and like gone to each other gigs so many times um, when we were playing that London show on the ETS tour, there was like a part where I like looked out into the crowd all dramatically, and I just saw uh, Harry from Death Girls off to the side. I gave him a little wave, and I was like, "Ah, oh, sick! Got the got the besties yeah. out supporting, which is really cool." And then yeah. he had to leave before we got to chat to him later. But um, yeah, it's, they're they're a really cool band, and we're getting to play with them at our our headline show in January. It was going to be our first ever London headline show. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I it, honestly, it's that surprised me um, that it was that it's the first one. But I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that. The um, reality unfolds, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the Especially lineup really for cool. that is the lineup for that is just wild. yeah. There's a lot of bands that are <laughs> all very cool. Yeah. So hopefully, it will be a good show. Yeah. I, I did. Actually... I don't know how long our set will be, but it'll be cool to play longer because yeah. on supports you don't really get. L- luckily, on the Boris tour, we were given like a forty-five minute slot because it was just us and Boris. Um, yeah, that's really good when it's like such a small bill. 
yeah, because we got to play quite a lot, which is really nice. But um, yeah, on 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 this, hopefully this will be able to be like a decent size set list as well, because it's the first London headliner. So yeah, I mean, shooting for what an hour. <laughs> hopefully, yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, yeah, I don't think we've done. I think we've done fifty minutes. Like the longest we've done, but we can definitely do more. Yeah, especially with two albums now. It was sort of hard to push that 50 minutes when we had one album out. It was like, just play the whole album. And yeah. That's all bit. But now it's like, well, now we're struggling to fit things in in a 45 minute set. Yeah. That's so, a good feeling, you know? That's yeah. Awesome. So we've got, I mean, I just saw Death Goals actually on the uh, Filters Eternal tour. Oh, sick. Yeah. I saw, I saw those come around. Yeah. And that I, like, was. Listen, I didn't know the band and then I like listened to them. I was like, oh, this is really cool. I wish I went yeah they're they're really they're really really sick and it was just a great show like death goals uh, i mean they killed it they always do you know they always do so yeah absolutely them and i mean you know i love harriet so like, yeah those, yeah, those two number bands. one mega fan will marshall i don't know if it's number one but yeah i've, I've seen him a few times it's up there it's up there <laughs> you released top five i feel <laughs> we'll see um <laughs> yeah um the last thing i wanted to ask about is obviously we kind of touched on it already is 2024 for pupil slicer obviously the first thing is like the main thing i suppose is your first ever london headliner for reality unfolds and you cross in yeah in january which is mega january, pretty early kicking the ear off pretty hard um yeah and then we're hoping to do like a headline tour at some point next year um figuring in where that's like gonna fit because it's like working around work schedules and things like that um we've already had some like pretty sick tour offers come in that unfortunately like haven't just just haven't lined up right with work um but hopefully we'll get some more of those later in the year so we're, we're sort of hoping for like sort of nice uk headline run then maybe a uk EU, um support tour couple of festivals um but we're gonna sort of keep the summer sort of free to like do a bit of writing we've been um, working a bit on new stuff which is really cool um and then but 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 it's good we are really proud of blossom so we want to like do a blossom tour and like be playing the whole album in full if possible uh but some of those songs are really hard (laughs) um if you'll forgive uh, the pun it does deserve its flowers it does it does um uh, yeah that's my album of the year it kind of was <laughs> the album i listened to the most so I'm like, i do really like the album i made which is good because i didn't feel like that with uh with mirrors by the time it came out i was so tired of it i had to stop myself listening to blossom so that when it came out i was still excited to talk about it in interviews and stuff i am still like i haven't like rinsed it that hard so i'm still sort of in a phase of being like yeah that was sick because um, what's the point in making music if you don't like it yourself? No, exactly. Um, you know, you don't want to make something that you're like, ah, it's fine. You know. Yeah, and you want to be excited to play the songs every time. Like you want to be starting. Like for me, like hearing that intro to No Temple live through the ears and then like dropping into it or like shouting No Temple going into their breakdown or like the intro to Momentary or like that first bit at the start of Blossom where you're just playing the chords on their own, like gets me pumped as much as i want it to get the audience pumped and i think that's 
that's really good because it sort of carries the energy across into yeah, the crowd. Sure. It's been really cool seeing like on the ETS tour, there was like a couple gigs where someone just like knew the words to every song. And I was like, why? How do you know the words to every song? Uh, but me and jo- I was chatting to Justine about it and Justine was like, the best thing to do with someone like that, you stare at them doing the vocals for as long as you can until they mess something up. challenge them you're like oh you think you're good do you like you remember every single word that we wrote do you (laughs) yeah (laughs) bit of fun yeah why not yeah yeah why not oh well honestly that is absolutely everything so thank you again for coming on yeah thanks for having me